Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Fine, I can hear you now, Dimitri. Clear and plain and coming through fine. I'm coming through fine too, eh? Good, then. Well, then, as you say, we're both coming through fine. Good. Well, it's good that you're fine and, and I'm fine. I agree with you. It's great to be fine. It's, it's a podcast. podcast. Hello and welcome to Fighting in the War Room. It's episode 406. It's the week of Wednesday, September 14th, 2022. I don't know what happened in that day because we're having a weird off off market episode. Um, uh, we haven't even introduced ourselves because we didn't do a lightning round question. So who's here? Dave, are you here? I'm here. It's me, Dave Gonzalez. You know me. Uh, and uh, to say David are looking at patches aren't here, but Dave surprised me with a special guest. Hello, special guest. Hi, I'm Joanna Robinson. Yay! <laughs> Back. Uh, Joanna heroically stepping into the breach, knowing that there were pod minutes to fill and knowing that only an expert could help us in this time of need. <laughs> sure, sure, an expert. Uh, an expert at, at yammering about nothing. <laughs> me. I mean, you and I are very experienced at yammering with each other, but haven't done it on a podcast in quite a while. So this Almost is Almost a exciting. year, Katie. Have we not been on anything together Actually, and since you left Andy Fair, I don't think so. Oh my God, we've hey, done like bringing people together. Don't tell Condé like, Nast. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell uh, Spotify. Um, I think I think Condé Nast has had a like strong gentleman's agreement to ignore this podcast completely ever since I started there, and I intend to keep it that way. Smart. Um. Yeah. No, we've done like fun Zoom trivia's together. But yeah. Not... Uh, we should do another one of those Zoom trivia's. People listening to Fighting in the War Room because uh, we did our live show like right before we did our like Zoom trivia. Um, which you know I tweeted about, so I guess people know about it. But hopefully we do another one because they were really fun and we were all there. We made Dave do a uh, interstitial trivia round, and Dave made it really hard because of course Dave made it really hard. So hard. I didn't realize it would be really hard. <laughs> Yeah, I made uh, mine really easy. So, you know, somewhere <laughs> in the middle is the sweet spot, I think, of trivia. Learning what people who listen and want to participate in a trivia with us, but like don't do this professionally, like learning what they know and what feels easy to them is a real moving target. There's there's no telling, honestly. Oh, yeah. There was lots of stuff that people came up with very quickly. And I was like, I would uh, never I would never different different strokes. My, pro- my proudest what? moment of that entire thing what? was realizing the uh, the sequences round that was who Mrs. Doubtfire is before becoming Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, oh, yes. Oh, because that was it was so like good. a horny Italian woman, like and some old woman, Barbara Streisand. And I was like, and I put it together anyway. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> um, Katie. Oh, oh, all right. Yeah. Um, did you hear what Dave just said uh, when after he said different strokes for? Did you hear that? No. What did he say? Did I interrupt him? No, it's okay. But like, what? Okay. What is, what comes after different strokes for in your different folks? Yeah. It's in the, uh, the song. Dave. The um, the Family Stone song. What did you say, Dave? (laughs) Yeah. Different, different blokes. Dave (laughs) thought it was different strokes for different blokes. And he thought it was about masturbation up until like three (laughs) weeks ago when I had this conversation with him. And he said that, and I was like, is that a joke, or do you just not know what this phrase is? I went into more detail that I will not on the publicly is, released podcast does, does about how I happened about that. Does different stroke for different... That could still also be a masturbation reference, though. Folks doesn't change it, right? Different strokes is just, like, helps. I think I looked it up, and it was, like, about how you row a boat, maybe? Do you think there was an entire sitcom named for a masturbation reference? <laughs> different strokes. Different strokes. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. 
I think if you let Dave be in charge of a sitcom name, he would just go for it. Like that this would is, stop him. This is like when I was in my twenties and I kept I think I, I feel like I've told you guys the story, but I kept saying Edith Pilaf. I was at work and I kept saying Edith Pilaf. And and finally my manager, Rebecca, she was like, Are you doing one of those things where you're being trying to be funny? Or do you just genuinely not know that her name is Edith Piaf? And I was like, I genuinely didn't know that her name was God, what what if you were trying to be funny and someone said, Are you doing one of those things uh, where you're trying to be like that is, that one of those things? That harsh. Was classic Rebecca. She was very mean and in charge, but I respect her. I'm saying that to David Ehrlich next time he comes in here with a weird bit. It's I happening. do that thing where you're trying to be funny. Uh, Dave do you want to explain what our goals for this episode are (laughs) Uh, yeah Uh, we are all very busy for different reasons maybe some we could talk about maybe some we can't uh, you know but uh, we it was hard to loop a podcast together this week and since we only told you we're going to take one week off I have previously been held responsible for canceling the podcast (laughs) and I would like to uh, disabuse everybody of that notion Fighting in the War Room's still going. It's festival season. It's patches went back to work, and I think uh, underestimated uh, work. Uh, so uh, he's the quiet rest of quitting us, uh, by quiet not quitting. recording a podcast for no money. I mean, there's some great stuff on Polygon. Uh, this is great. He's not here, so he's not even going to hear me compliment it. But they're really on top of the uh, the the People's Joker because one of their uh, writers got to see the only screening at oh, the yeah. International Film Festival. I would like, uh, maybe we should talk about that next week. I mean, we won't have seen it, but like, I have not caught up on that whole situation, but it seems fascinating. Wait, what happened? It is. Tell so me. there's a uh, movie called The People's Joker that uh, was uh, written and performed by a trans comedian who identifies as female now, I believe. Uh, and it's about her story, but she does it with Batman characters uh, and thought that it was going to uh, be parody and had got it into the Toronto International Film Festival and was going to play at Fantastic Fest. Uh, but uh, WB hit them with a cease and desist like hours before their movie was about to premiere. Oh, but they, they premiered zapped. it anyway. They got zapped. Well, Toronto was like, we're going to do the premiere, and then they canceled the rest of the screening. So there's Good been for one them, screening. Though. Good for Toronto. Yeah. Vera Drew is the name of the filmmaker. Uh, and luckily, one of the Polygon writers got to review it and has brought it to the forefront uh, and says that it's actually artistically interesting. It was crowdfunded. Uh, there are sequences that take place in like uh, 8-bit graphics, and a lot of it's animated. Uh, but yeah, Vera Drew, we want to see uh, the People's Joker. Uh, Warner Brothers, don't pretend like you have your shit together. Uh, let's just let's just let it let it happen. But re- uh, I think I'm- all the trailers and stuff are still up. If you want to go to the Google machine, I'm reading the Slate review of it, and it says that um, Joel Schumacher receives equal billing with Drew's mother in the opening dedication, and that uh, <laughs> there's a character. Uh, based on Jason Todd, a.k.a. Robin, a trans man who was once Bruce Wayne's underage ward and was groomed to be his lover. Mm. I see why Warner Brothers didn't want this mm-hmm. out there. I, like, I don't know my, I'm not very clear on parody laws at all, and I feel like when it comes to like very valuable IP, uh, it can be really tricky. So I guess I'm not surprised, but I'm very intrigued. This is like I mean, what happened with, yeah, go ahead. If you can't do a uh, trans Joker film and we are not going to get Batgirl, I just don't understand what they're <laughs> letting us see. Like, it's Black well, Adam or nothing? The Flash no. somehow. 
Harley Quinn, <laughs> which is like, so Katie, I can, I would bet everything I own that you have never watched a single episode of the animated Harley Quinn. Series. No, but I know that you like it and I've heard you talk I, about it. And it does seem like if I did watch shows like that, that that is one that I would like. But what I will say about this season, uh, season three, we're in season three, right, Dave? Like season three, I think this is the best Batman story I've ever seen is season three of Harley Quinn. So I'm at least going to, and they renewed it for season four. So I'm at least going to give WB and Zaz a credit for like Harley Quinn existing because they make fun of the Batman universe mercilessly, but also the dollars are still coming back to them. Right. And this is like the whole, that whole Bridgerton musical Thing that mm-hmm. happened where where Netflix and and Shonda were like, okay, we'll look the other way. But when they started charging for admission, they're like, okay, now now this is a legal issue. And yeah, and like Disney know. like has no sense of humor about it at all, so they just put all the references themselves in their own stuff and make it a total like sealed <gasps> thing. So like letting people letting other people poke fun at it does seem like the smart corporate thing to do. Okay, I have a quick question for Katie, and then I want to ask it. So Katie, did you? hear what the new disney film wish is about no wait is it like about the star that you wish on is it like a prequel about the star dave will you please describe to kitty rich what the film wish is about (laughs) i mean i think she pretty accurately described it as far as i understand do you know more about it you were there you were in the room you no. were at D23, Joanna. I didn't didn't realize that. I was at D23. I saw our our pal Anthony Breskin there. Um mm-hmm. I, and but I wasn't in the animation panel. So Brez is the one who actually was Brez and Jermaine Jermaine uh were the ones who described what Wish was to me. Um and essentially in addition to it being about the star that you wish upon, as voiced by recent Oscar winner Ariana DeBose. Uh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> not naturally right Katie? she was at the emmys and i was like she's just gonna be everywhere forever like i'm fine with it but i'm impressed forever. by the work ethic um but then it's also gonna be jam-packed with cameos from disney characters from the entire because this is their 200th i think feature or something that sounds like too many anyway it's um, their 100th anniversary year this year okay um, it's big so, it was very early but okay so th- they, they, like, they do this for like five years. It'll be 100 years for five years. It's been 75 years until this year. And now it's 100 years. <laughs> They're like, it's going to be a ton of cameos from like other Disney characters. And I was like, oh, like that Wreck-It Ralph thing like that Ralph they did. Like Ralph breaks the internet. Uh-huh. Right. And then, and then I think it was Jermaine who was like, no, like Ready Player One. And then this like whole <laughs> full body chill happened to me. I watched... I watched some of the Zemeckis Pinocchio, which like maybe if we really get mad at ourselves, we'll assign to talk about on the podcast next week. But because um, (laughs) my kids and their cousins were watching it and I understand that the cuckoo clocks like keep going off and they're all Disney characters, like a different Disney character pops out every time the cuckoo clocks come out. Oh, wow. Uh, The cuckoo clocks didn't need fixing Pinocchio director. I mean, from what I saw of that movie, it seemed like they fixed a lot of things that didn't need fixing. Um, But yeah, they keep uh, they keep doing it. And. I guess people like it. I will say, I mean, while we're talking about Disney, we're just rambling on this episode, I think is what we should. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Know. Yeah. Um, so I, I caught the Little Mermaid trailer and like the whole kerfuffle about it. Maybe we could talk about, but someone did a super kind of like black girls watching the trailer and like getting really excited. And I was like, damn it, Disney, I hate it when you make me feel feelings about your trailers. 
<laughs> because it was so charming and I was so happy for them and I was furious about it, but not enough to not be happy for those girls. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. We're in a real place with fandom where I'm uh, maybe Joanna, you have some feelings on this. I'm starting to think uh, maybe we went a little overboard on the no gatekeeping in fandom rule and we need to start pushing oh, no. back a little bit. There might oh, be no. some people who aren't allowed to talk about things anymore. Uh, uh, people who think that uh, fantasy characters have to be some real world race. Yeah. Are we talking about the racist or are we talking about like the like pedants? Mostly the racist. I think mostly the racist. That's why it's it's hard for me because I uh, was previously and have talked to Joanna about the concept of trolling for good. And Joanna very smartly was like, I'm not even going to do that or try to do that or engage with you on that. And I'm like, cool, I'm doing it myself. Uh, but now I'm thinking maybe some gatekeeping for good. All mm. I know is that I was trying to find a subreddit, talk about Rings of Power with some nerds, and they're all overtaken. They're bad. By all bad people. Wow. Yeah. So much so that there's a, I saw a couple Reddit threads that were like, here are some like friendly creators for Rings of Power. And it was like, you know, a few TikTokers, a few YouTubers and a few podcasters and everyone else. It's just like, it's ugly out there for Rings of Power. And like, it's so tough because I do not want to be in a position ever where I'm like coming to the defense of Jeff Bezos. Like, who cares? But like, there's a I bunch mean, of Jeff Bezos is like high enough above the rings of power. I don't think you have to defend him by defending the show, right? There's a bunch of like really smart, interesting, like passionate people who worked on this show and tried really hard. And like, if you dig into it, uh, like we talked be before we started recording, we were like, should we talk about House of the Dragon? But like, I'm really into rings of power. I'm like spending hours poring over every word choice they use. It all has like stuff that connects the text. Like, I think it's so nerdy and cool and such a love letter to Tolkien. And so the fact that like all these rat fuck racists and like terrible people are, are just flooding the zone with negative, like it's fine to not like something, but like let the people who like it also talk to other people who like about it. You know, like I'm not saying it yeah, has to rings like of power everything. and She-Hulk are real. Uh, oh. You aren't allowed to say VFX are bad because I know that's not what you're talking about. Energy oh, interesting. For both of those shows. Well, it's like with the female Ghostbusters, right? Where like if you didn't like that movie, you tried to be quiet because that movie's fine. Um, but like it was just so nasty that you just wanted yeah. to shut up about it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're there with like a lot of the mainstream geek properties right now, I feel like. Which is fine. Like Marvel needs to get kicked in the ass every once in a while. Because like Joanna and I've talked about this, obviously, but there's no metric for Marvel failure. Like, especially with the streaming show on Disney Plus. You could be like, people didn't like that. And they could be like, well, our secret numbers said they did. And you can't, you can't prove them wrong. Like, we know Eternals like, was a failure, right? I mean, it was also in the top 10 grossing movies of last year, I was believe. Was it really? So it's like, well, last year was weird. I mean, <laughs> that we're at this like weird pandemic slash monoculture thing where it's like inside the Marvel fandom, Thor, Love and Thunder was sort of divisive for being like too goofy or too funny or you know not well made again they're just gonna level that anything they don't like um but it like outgrows thor ragnarok so it's like i don't it's hard to point to something uh without being like i feel like this is bad because of these story reasons but now that's also getting mixed up with 
bad faith criticism. It's been weird. This Eternals was the sixth highest grossing movie of 2021. That's no rough, idea. right, Katie? It reminds me of when I was working at Conde Nast, I was writing some like Snyder Cut article, and I think I called either Justice League or Batman v Superman a failure, and one of our like very nice, smart, legal, you know, people who are who are checking the articles is like, uh, okay, but it made this much money. And I was like, uh, okay, that's true. That's true. I got to say critical failure or divisive mm -hmm. or something like that, but not technically a failure because it made all this money. So, um, yeah. What's really crazy is Black Widow made $183 million, even though it was day and date at home. I had no idea. Now I'm just on a box office mojo rabbit hole uh, there's there's uh, no go ahead i have a question do you find box office mojo legible because i just give up at this point. <laughs> oh it's horrible like... it it's i mean i have learned my way around it like i okay. have learned how to make it usable but like all the stuff that it used to be really good for is not good but like finding a list of what the highest grossing movies of last year were like i can i can get that far do you want to know my big conspiracy theory that i'm not sure i've ever shared with you is that is it like, Jeff Bezos ruined it on purpose? <laughs> I think I think that some studio or someone who did not like the access to information that we had, Box Office Mojo ruined it on purpose. Yes, I do. It it was definitely like too powerful. You know, like you could just get insight, like knowing what movies are adjusted for inflation and like worldwide totals, like figuring out like what things have made in other countries. Like it definitely has become more opaque and i can't remember how the timing worked out with the pandemic like i think box office mojo died before the pandemic just like made movie going completely weird just but, like before, those two things yeah. have made it really hard to know what's a success i would totally agree yeah. with that so i guess katie am i watching pinocchio over this weekend <laughs> no Is i don't think so I'm didn't learning? we we're gonna watch woman king right woman king yeah. I'll, I'll go to the theater for that it's out this week oh yeah Joanna, Ooh. have you tuned into Oscar Buzz yet? Are you like deliberately staying out of it now that you don't have to? I listen to a podcast called Little Gold Men. Yes, thank and... you for the plug that I set up for <laughs> you. <laughs> no, it's true. I do. I did. Uh, I've I've been listening to the. I don't. Maybe I don't listen to every single episode, but I definitely listen to all the festival episodes and listening to uh on on the ringer uh network the big pick for their sort of like festival lowdown so i feel like i do like i okay, know so that you got the latest yeah i know that like tar was exalted but divisive uh people don't really like empire of light that much but maybe it'll richard be... loved it though total uh, twist it'll... and not expect it maybe it'll do really well because of the uh the oldie oscar voters uh mm -hmm. something like that um I don't know what else we want to talk about. Yeah, I feel like I, I feel I think of my finger on the Oscar buzz pulse. I mean, I don't really know how much anyone wants to hear me talk about it at this point. I was really just curious if you were just like, not my not my circus, not my monkeys. I'm going to go focus on Rings of Power. Well, you texted me the other night and you're like, did you watch the Emmys? And I was like, no, <laughs> that's, that's a strong not my circus, not my monkeys. I'm yeah. proud of you for not watching the Emmys. Thank you. I was very happy to see that uh, White Lotus got the most number of awards, and that was a show I actually watched. So yeah. like, I, I feel like I I didn't ha watch the Emmys. I watched the the highlights from the Emmys. You watched Cheryl Lee Ralph's speech. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, Jimmy Kimmel being an asshole and a bunch of things that were the highlights. Jimmy Kimmel. I mean, I don't know. I tend to think too too well of people who in power who shouldn't have done it. I feel like he was part of a bit that they didn't think through well enough and that as he was laying there was like shit 
should get yeah. up. I wish I wasn't I mean, here right now. That's that's a possibility, but uh, you know, Jimmy Kimmel, he's he's right on that edge. The reason I think it's kind of important to pay attention to him occasionally is he seems to be like Middle America's late night host, or that's the impression that I get. He might be. But, yeah, he was always just the guy. Yes, ending on the man show to mm-hmm. me, which I hated. So it's I, I do have a slight anti Jimmy Kimmel bias. Yeah, I I tend to give him a lot of credit for the Moonlight fiasco because like he did handle that pretty mm-hmm. well. Uh, and I don't I'm not sure how many other people would have, but as we talk or in a couple hours, uh, Quentin Brunson is going on his show, so they'll hash it yeah. out. People people listening will have more information than we do. That's right. And then yeah, he'll they'll make a joke about it. Everything will be fine. Yeah. Abbott Elementary premieres again soon. Yeah, so I watched a couple episodes of that. it after the Emmys. Um, I had watched one and then I like watched two more the other night um, and found it uh, completely delightful. I'm excited to maybe fully catch up on it. Yeah, I need to get back on Abbott Elementary because I also watched a few episodes and it just scratched an itch in my brain where it's like, oh, I have Peacock. I should just watch parks and recreation in the mm-hmm, office mm-hmm. Uh, but that's you know i don't i don't want to do that so many times that i look racist from the outside so i'm gonna i'm gonna look <laughs> back wait just if you watch the, just from the inside <laughs> would watching parks and recreation make you look racist i'm, I'm, I'm missing a step here instead I, I of know, Abbott elementary like they're the government watch... okay how much do we like pro-government uh, shows in this this time and age <laughs> um I think we support municipal government. It's not about cops. Like if you're talking about Brooklyn Nine Nine, I might understand. Oh no, it's more like uh, the the simping for Joe Biden has been become less funny now that he's president. Oh, I mean that's I don't know. I feel like Parks and Recreation is a lot about like the things that you need to make your government run, all the things you want to fund instead of cops, like a parks department and like organizing local events. So I don't know. I haven't watched it in a long time, but I would imagine its politics hold up okay. Yeah, for the most part. Abbott Elementary. I was reading an article that argued that like Abbott Elementary presents like a world without cops because it like has no school resource officers. It's just like these like black kids like thriving in a school where <laughs> their teachers care about them. So uh, Abbott <laughs> Elementary's a cab, Dave. You should, you should I would I would it. love a show that just quietly just <laughs> never had cops and then it ended and they're like, oh, by the way. Uh, in our story universe, we've abolished the police. I'd be like, what? Uh, <laughs> I would love. I would like for listeners to tell us about a show that has no cops in it. It was like, like, uh, the, like Game of Thrones has cops, like the gold. Coast I was about cops. to say, I was about to say, not even House of the Dragon has no cops. So, <laughs> yep. so much does, for does, escapist fantasy. You know, does Rings of Power have cops? Yeah, they have some elves that are sort of watching over the humans because oh, they, um, they can't take care of themselves. Okay. Uh, the there's a gay guard. roommate cop yeah. on Thirty Rock, played by Nate Cordry. I love that. Here's what I love about Katie Rich is if she can get to 30 Rock quickly, she will. We're like, let's talk about two currently airing shows. Then she's I mean, like, and I, also 30 Rock. 30 I Rock. could talk. I mean, if I knew Designing Women well enough, I would absolutely bring it up. But that's where I turned to Joanna to tell me that Shirley Ralph was on Designing Women, which I did not know. Uh, maybe that's what I should watch on Hulu when I'm done with Abbott Elementary. You should watch Designing Women. Shirley Ralph doesn't show up until like much later in the show. But yeah, she marries. Um, is it Anthony? Yeah. Anthony. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, good for her. He seems like. A catch. Uh, <laughs> can I? Can I circle back? Oh no, no, wait, Katie. I realized the, the thing I have to talk to you about out of D twenty three, and mm. and I know the bar is like somewhere odd on that, right? <laughs> but it's Avatar, like. 
Don't you want to show stuff from Avatar? This? How did I miss I this? I saw like 15 minutes of Avatar. Ooh, Katie. I want to yeah. I really was out of the loop this weekend, so I missed all the stuff. What did you think of Avatar 2? Well, you know that I don't really care for Avatar. I mean, and I, I don't care that, that other do. people don't care for Avatar. I know. I know. I'm just setting the expectations, all right? Okay. 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 Um and I know that you are you are like don't don't ever bet against James Cameron. That's your yeah, attitude. But in life. that's sure. that's my main investment here is that yeah, yeah, James yeah. Cameron knows what he's doing. Um so they showed us they handed out like the really intensive 3D glasses. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and they still make those. Good to know. But like, I think these were special ones. Dave, you might know better than I would. But like, they made us give them back at the end. Um, they were like really, really intensive. Uh, oh, interesting. They're the Dolby ones that are like really thick, really thick I mean, and sort of like refracted almost. I mean, they've probably changed them in the last like fifteen years, so I don't know. Um, so, uh, they showed us the first. They showed us several clips, out of uh, in order, I guess, but with large gaps between them. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. The first, the first clip is the Navi like swimming underwater, and Katie, that is the coolest shit I've ever seen in my. I mean, it life. looks amazing in the trailer, and seeing in three D, like I, I hate three D, and this three D A did not make me sick, and B, like I looked realer than any three, like looked more like the thing was coming at me than anything I've ever seen in my life. Whoa. Like I just like it was so cool. And then they showed a bunch of other clips that was like <laughs> that were like plot based, but we had no idea what the plot was. So we were like, "What mm-hmm. are we watching?" I don't yeah. understand. They, and they just showed us so much. They kept going, and they're like, "Here's another clip that you won't understand because you don't have the context <laughs> for." So um, that was my journey through Avatar too, where I was but like, "That's if you how just- they like that's oh. how a movie like that gets you is like they show you dazzling things and then the, like the plot mechanics that hold it together are like don't have to be that great like I was just watching Top Gun Maverick tonight and like the plot of that movie not a whole lot going on but it like the package pulls you in so I don't know you saying this the coolest thing you've ever seen in your life gives me a lot of hope I don't know you Top Gun Maverick has like a really simple but like understandable plot the plot of Avatar 2 seems really impenetrable where you're I mean <laughs> seen, that's seen a big order, swing from like, that's a big swing from uh, let's get the unobtainium from the Native Americans on this planet uh, that the first like one was. Sigourney Weaver is there in like hypersleep or whatever, because didn't she die in the first one? I don't really remember. Yeah, she, she was absorbed by the, the tree. But, but then mm-hmm. she's also voicing the adopted teenage daughter of Sam Worthington and Zoe Saldana's character. Okay. And then right. we're not sure if her mom is the real Sigourney Weaver or what's up. Anyway, that, like maybe it all makes sense when I see it in order. But as it was, I was like, this seems needlessly baffling when you really could just show me like an hour of the Navi swimming. And I'd be like, blue planet who I love no. this avatar, <laughs> you know. Did so. you see Kate Winslet? Uh, no, we did. not Okay. See that one photo Ooh. was of her like standing underwater, so I know she's going to be one of the underwater Navi. Yeah, um, and she's either got a cape or wings, so I also was interested to see uh, what she looks okay. like. Okay, let me amend that. We might have seen her, and I didn't know it was her. That's possible. That's yeah. That's fair. also fair in a movie like this. <laughs> I believe there is a human that they also ad- adopt. Yeah, who has problematic hair? Question mark. White man dreads. I don't know. Ooh, but are fun. they white? Or are they blue? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've been thinking about because, um, you know, Charlie is six and loves like movie movies. And I've been like 
Like, I tried showing him who framed Robert Roger Rabbit and it like didn't quite click, but he really wants to go see something in theaters. I wonder if I might take him to the Avatar re-release. Like, I feel like oh, he yeah. might be into it. Like Avatar seems like a movie that a, a six-year-old who is up for being patient with a movie could actually see. And it's not, apparently they yeah. took it off Disney Plus. So that people go see it in theaters, which is like fine. Okay. Um, so which I, is like, yeah, I, go see it in theaters because you could see it in 3D again. Yeah. Like, that's that's the thing that I Charlie's never seen a 3D do. movie. I mean, that entire trend was before he was born. So it really might blow his mind. Yeah. I think we might I, have to do it. That entire trend was before he was born. Mm-hmm. I, I felt my gray hairs coming in. I mean, by 2016, I'm trying to remember the last 3D movie I saw. I'm pretty sure it was before he was born. Yeah, you guys remember the last 3D movie you saw? I mean, I would always like obstinately try to find the non-3D screening because I hated 3D so much. Yeah, I, I think can't... I think we all got to that point pretty quick. Was it like Tron Legacy? Like it was it was wow. something like that. Well, it was, no, like, we pretty all... early. Our notorious Captain America screening, Dave, where the AC mm-hmm. was broken and our 3D glasses kept fogging up. That was 2011. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it must it must have been a couple of years after that what at least I memory. saw my last three. No, oh, this, this is like I think about this all the time because I think all four of us were there. It was like a fit were outing right before Dave oh moved. Oh my god! Yeah, and I think Java ended up being there because uh, she was like my my plus one, and it was like you'd have to use your shirt to wipe off your glasses. And Java was like, steam. "I'm never going to a movie with you again," <laughs> and never did. <laughs> yeah, and you Wait. know what? I bet that's all this has to be if we're just hanging out and having a great time. Are there any hanging chats? I've been recording for 30 minutes. Wow. Yeah, I told well, you. Tight 20. Can I go back to Oscar Buzz, the set Oscar yes. Buzz, and ask you, like, is there, a, you know, because Katie, I know that, like, you weren't at TIFF. Um, is there an, Os- like, what's the Oscar movie you're, actually, I think I know Katie's answer, but, like, what's the Oscar movie that you're most dying to see? Ooh, what did you right think now? I was going to say? Babylon. Probably would say, I mean, Babylon and Fablemans are, I think, are pretty like, oh, no, women talking. I'm saying women talking. Oh, the women top. talking. Okay. Like Sarah Polly Stan forever. I rewatched Take This Waltz, um, like, because I wasn't seeing women talking and I was mad about it. And it's so good. It's on Amazon Prime. So Everyone good. should watch it. Uh, and Michelle Williams is in Fablemans. So she and Sarah Polly are back at it. And Seth Rogen, also in Fablemans. It's a reunion. Um, but yeah, Pablo, and the Jack trailer Kirby was... is on Maisel. And <laughs> well, Luke Kirby is <laughs> Luke incredibly Kirby, so, yeah. hot in that movie. Incredibly hot yeah. on Maisel. I've been, well, I think you gave me the list of the episodes he's in so that I can just watch the Luke Kirby Maisel episodes because yeah. I don't. The Luke like, Kirby cut? I stopped watching in season two and I just like didn't mm-hmm. have it in me to catch up. Um, yeah, I was like, here's, here's the Lenny Bruce episodes only of uh, that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so women talking, <laughs> then. Fableman's Babylon. The, then Fableman's. And then we should talk about the Babylon trailer, though, because like no one's seen it. Like even my like, you know, co-workers who see everything like they have not seen all of Babylon yet. But that trailer was really good. And I am excited about the idea of an old Hollywood movie that's like these people were fucked up and like weird things happened and there were no labor laws. And like, like the magic of movies was not enough to make this a good place to live. Um, I don't know if it's going to go that hard, but it seems like it could. It felt like you must remember this, the movie sort of thing, yeah. right? Well, oh, she yeah. did a whole season on Hollywood Babylon, the like um, kind of like book that was just like this unfact check collection of rumors, <laughs> um, which is amazing. It's a great read. If, I actually don't even know if it's still in print. Um, and I haven't seen Damien Chazelle say if the title is connected to that at all, but it seems like a lot of like a real similar setting. Um, I feel like 
It looks I, like it could be anything. It looks like uh, Brad Pitt dies like three times in that in that trailer alone. <laughs> I feel like both Quentin Tarantino and Damien Chazelle owe Karina Longworth money because mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. like the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like no way that happens without her Manson season. I think, and you know, so pay Karina. Well, I'm just stop poaching I her. I feel ideas. like. I don't know if I'm saying this because it's a good idea or because I read it, but like her Polly Platt season could totally be like a limited series. Um, yes. And like maybe it has been optioned for one and I just forgot. Uh, but if not, someone should do that. One of the women interviewed in that season was one of the producers on the FX limited series, Mrs. America. So like, Damn. you know, she like I was talking to her a little bit about appearing on the Polly Platt season around the time of Mrs. America, I think they came out similar time. So like she would be the one to like make it, I think. But Karina should also be involved and yeah. paid. Um Dave, what's yeah. your number one sorry, I don't mean to like host your own show. I really apologize. But like Dave No, would... please host no, our no, show. No, Dave yeah, was trying do, to yeah, end our it. show and we had so much left to talk about. <laughs> I just what? didn't want to keep anybody beyond what they had signed up for. What what Oscar Buzz uh movie are you ex- most excited yeah, for? Yeah, I wanna know. Oh I it's it probably is Hollywood Babylon just because it's a big question mark. Uh, Fableman's sounds interesting, and I read David Ehrlich's review of it. It sounded less interesting. I don't want to make David. I think uh, David my, didn't like it as much. Yeah, as the arbiter he to. of my uh, decision making. But uh, I also am very interested, and in I think it's the one I brought up uh, when we were doing our fall preview. Uh, I'm I'm interested in the whale. It's going to be it's going to be weird. And some people, I think, have not been reacting to it. Uh, and it's how it deals with uh, overeating and being overweight. Uh, but I think it has the potential to be interesting. And if it's anything like mother, just the don't give a fuckness. Here's a story I will uh, appreciate if it's just bold. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do the whale. I mean, I'll see it, but like. My level of skepticism is so high on that movie. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it I, might not be good, but that m- might makes me want to see it more. Yeah, I just feel like the like the harm of representation that it can do, and that's not usually something that I'm like willing to engage in. But like, I don't think there are that many movies that treat fat people as human beings, and it doesn't seem like this one's gonna. I mean, people say Brendan Fraser's right. great, so like it might, but like it seems like yeah. a really high bar to clear. It's really interesting because, like, I am so curious about Brian Fraser's performance, and I want to see that because I care a lot about him and his well-being. And I think Linda Holmes had, like, a viral tweet where she's like, ah, I see my, like, desire to see Brendan Fraser succeed will have to go to battle with my, like, absolute hatred for people wearing fat suits in movies. Like, you know, what, mm, like, mm-hmm. where am I in the middle of this? It's like you but- wish on a monkey's paw for Brendan Fraser to have a comeback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that, like... <laughs> Of of like listening to Little Gold Men and listening to the big pick, the takeaway I got from people who have seen it was that it wasn't even like that interesting. That like Brendan Fraser's performance was good, and that with the danger of of it be feeling like exploitative, um, you have to really do something interesting with it. And I thought Mother was interesting, mm-hmm. but like maybe this isn't as interesting as Mother. I don't know. I mean, I will. I think I will have to see it for myself to decide but i might wait for like a yeah or something like that you know uh yeah. i'm really interested uh, Jenna, you in... enjoy that uh... yeah sorry go ahead oh you'd enjoy the little goldman listener wrote it i'm saying look we have a long season ahead you need to know that it's fraser like razor not fraser 
like Fraser Crane, uh, because we all kept making that mistake apparently. So now we've been corrected. Fraser, did I, did I say it no, 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 you did it. No, you did it right. Okay. I was like, was Joanna the little glow men listener? No, no. You know when I started doing that, um, Brendan Fraser appeared on The Daily Show way back in the day. I don't think it was like pre John Stewart, but it was like really early John Stewart. And he uh, he recorded a promo for The Daily Show where he's like, hi, I'm Brendan Fraser. It's Fraser, not Fraser. Get it right. You know, and like if they used to run it on Comedy Central. And that's <laughs> when I learned how to say his name correctly. But no it's just does. like a piece of audio that's lived in your brain ever since. Yeah, it's Fraser, not Fraser. I was telling uh, Dave earlier today that I've got to post it literally on my computer so I don't mispronounce one of the House of the Dragon names because which I am- one? It's Valarian, not Valerian. Valar House Valaria. Valarian. Oh, Valarian being like is that the sea snake's house? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, look at me. Yeah. Uh, all right, no, Joanna. What Oscar movie are you excited for? Well, many of the ones you mentioned, but also the Banshees of Inisherin, just because I like mm-hmm. I love Martin McDonough so much, and like you had like so much stress and strain around three billboards. And I'm like, I just want a Martin McDonough movie that I really like, you know, and like, don't have to feel conflicted about. So I'm hopeful. That yeah. People love that it. one. And I know how you feel about Colin Farrell. Like we're, we're, we're here <sighs> for the comeback. Let's do it. It's so like every time I, by the way, I don't know if your listeners, uh, to fit were interested in this, but every time I listen to little gold men, Katie, and I hear you like support someone that like we support you and I do. I'm just sort of like, yes, your legacy. out here. It lives, still still it making on. sure that people know that Colin Farrell deserves the world. <laughs> do you guys want to hear a fun Martin McDonough adjacent fact? And maybe this, this is how we wrap this up. Just yeah, me sure. taking over. Uh, there's a nature center in Asheville um, where you walk around and you see like animals that are native to the area, including some deer. One of whom was in three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. And there is a whole plaque about how they stuck a green screen out in that field and got the deer to stand in front of it. And then they green screened the deer in a shop with Francis McDormand. And it's, I it's remember called, that shot. It's movie star deer is what they call it. Uh, it's one of the female <laughs> It's the female deer. I don't remember her name, but uh, I love going there every time and seeing a little shot of three billboards on a plaque at the Nature Center. That's so Everybody remembers the deer shot from three billboards. You too go visit a movie star deer in Asheville, North Carolina. I mean, I remember it, but I remember like absolutely 100% thinking that was digital, uh, digitally done. So the fact that they like hey. worked so hard to use practical and then to get like, a deer to stand in front of the screen, it looked super fake to me. Um, this is just this is just more fodder for Dave telling me I don't know anything about special effects. Which is well, that's... no, it's fine. Now you're, uh, you know, informed person who is looking at special effects and having opinions. As long as you're not a racist who is looking at special effects and using that as cover, that's <laughs> and my saying, new line. It's not racist. It's just AI, and then it's getting... not racist. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> just AI, or She-Hulk just looks like a cutscene for a video game because I have motion smoothing on, and I'm a sexist. Like all of these things. Uh, Joanna, you're. I thought I thought you were wrong, but you were just being you, and I want to make room for that and uh, kick the other people out of the out of okay. the backyard. So I I can be wrong, but not racist or sexist, and that's okay. But you know, thanks for lowering the bar, racist and sexist. I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> I feel like Dave. One of Dave's many gifts is he has put up with us being wrong in so many different ways over the years, and um, not been a dick about it. So I mean, I feel like that is the gift that you two have both given me in the exact same way. So I'm glad we're all gentle with each other. That's oh. the important thing. 
<laughs> we can be wrong amongst friends in the war room. I love that we got to this point at the end of this. Oh, hugging in the war room. I know. Oh. And then Patches and David are going to come back next week and we'll be yelling at each other about the Woman King. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I'll be like, why did anybody see Barbarian? Here's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but- it is a horror movie, right? Like, I, it's it, is, of, it is okay, a horror movie. Yeah, I'm going to let you spoil that for me. I look forward to it. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It took me, uh, like, I came back from the movie. It was sort of, like, buzzing about it. And uh, Java's like, you could tell me it's a horror movie. I'm going to see it. So I did all of it. And she was like, oh, okay. So why is it called Barbarian? And that's about how well I do describing uh, the movie Barbarian. <laughs> so I'll try to get better uh, by the time I do it. But that also gives... You listeners, another week, check it out if you want to be part of that conversation later. And uh, Joanna, thank you so much for showing up. Let everybody know all the places they could find you podcasting uh, about the things. It's just one place now, theringer.com. What a, what a great website. And uh, yeah, the Ringerverse. Um, I'm pretty much just Ringerverse and trial by content with you these days. Sometimes I do Prestige TV or The Big Pick. That's mostly. What I was about to say, when you, what Prestige TV show are you going to make your comeback for? I don't know. I think they're leaving me alone. They're like, don't want to bother me right now that I'm in like you're in full <laughs> fantasy mode, full dragons and hobbits mode. Uh, but I don't know. White Lotus season two. Uh, maybe coming. Like Crown's yeah. coming. Crown. Wow. Wow. Oh. wow. They need someone with that Vanity Fair royal. Uh, indoctrination to come on for the crown <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah katie wait wait i know you're trying to end the podcast but like katie queen died queen's how dead man how weird how is queen that queen died i think my main thing is that i'm realizing i'm going to be like a prince a mild prince charles defender for the rest of his brain you know in the next 20 years or so because like i think prince charles is like a dope but like not that bad like he cares about the environment and like wanted to marry camilla originally and like would probably rather be tending his gardens, but is going to try to be a fine king. And I think that's okay. I just, how is the actual royal family trying to compete uh, while House of the Dragon's on the air? I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> is, is next week when I try to make my argument of why having a monarchy is actually useful and why America might benefit from one? <laughs> we need to start a whole other podcast for Katie Rich's unpopular <laughs> Unpo- opinion. Unpopular opinion. I don't have Can that I- many hot takes, but that's maybe my one. <laughs> Uh, can I read a tweet from, uh, or no, sorry, a text from one Matt Lynch who Katie works with and I used to work with on the day that the queen died. And you might have to cut this if Katie says so. (laughs) (laughs) Matt was texting me and he said, we'll never forget hearing Kelly shout, "Mm, dead, she's dead in the bullpen. (laughs) Returned office, baby. So, um, that's how how the news broke at Vanity Fair in New York. Katie can decide what I'm jealous that you're getting the dispatches from Matt Lynch in the bullpen. That's a uh, that's hot goss right there. <laughs> Only uh, the hottest. My story is that I was in a slack with Case Wickman, who is filling in a maternity leave and working with us and his friend friend to all. And I said, I got to go empty the uh, I got to go take the laundry out. I hope the queen doesn't die while I'm gone. And I came back and I just see Case's tech slack that says, well, and I was like, oh. <laughs> you messaged us that morning you messaged us that morning because you were vf was already busy with some other stuff and you were like i swear to god queen dies today <laughs> she, and that was that was the first that's how i knew that it was close at all close uh-huh. was you saying that that there was too much she, going on and then and then she died and she so, did it you know i what? think you, you know i think what? you made manifested that katie um <sighs> i said please don't give me something else to do and then she gave me something else to do she sure did and uh, they did it, but you know what? 
you showed up for fighting in the war room tonight and i thank you for it and the audience thanks you for it that's right someday we'll talk about house of the dragon uh yeah should i tell (laughs) tell people where to find me yeah do that (laughs) great uh, I'm on the Little Gold Madness podcast you might have heard about over the course of this episode <laughs> at Vanity Fair uh, and on Twitter at Katie Rich, K-A-T-E-Y-R-I-C-H. We're all at F-I-T-W-R and I have that column on my tweet, back, tweet deck and it had been very quiet for a very long time, but it's uh, starting to pick back up. So uh, tweet at us. We love it's, hearing from you. Tis the season. Yeah. Yeah. Someone tweeted about Priest and Colin icing at Skuso. And people have realized I've been putting that on Fighting in the War Room every week since I retired the I Love Lucy theme. So I'm glad I could also spread some music things, but it I now notice when it comes back on the internet. Thank you, everybody who's tweeting that up at me. Oh, tweeting at me at DA7E, listen to me on the Trial by Content podcast, or the David Neal Patreon podcast. That's it. That's the show. I said I wasn't going to end another show like this, but uh, I am. <laughs> That's it. That's Go. it. Go away. Get out of here. We're done. <laughs> Scream becomes a yawn. I'll shut up and carry on. The scream becomes a yawn. <laughs>